about. Oh, come on. Your drill scores are well below failing. Once they're submitted, Starfleet Command will relegate and reassign this entire crew. So this wasn't about teamwork? <laughs> teamwork? No. This was about saving my job. The bigger ships always passed my drills with no problem. It was starting to seem like we didn't need a drills program at all. This one needed a crew to fall short to prove the drills were still valuable. And oh, did I find a crew. You targeted us for failure? This is a ship whose captain left four ensigns on a spacewalk to answer a distress call. It was a pretty safe bet. And of course, it didn't hurt to goose the drills a bit. Oh, I knew it. That mirror universe drill was rigged. They were all rigged. <laughs> and those horses? Ah! I would never get trampled by a horse. Oh, actually, no. The horses weren't rigged. I ran out of time. That one's on you. Horses love me. Shut up. Space Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast. I am one of your hosts, Johnson. And with me, along with his dog, is Mike Thurlow, my co-host. Mike. Hi, Johnson. I am doing all right. I am a little tired. We have a new puppy, as you saw earlier. I know. Uh, yes. He's like cute, but annoying. He's cute, but is uh, a adapting. work in progress. He's adapting. Yes. Yeah, it's been a... Yeah, whenever you get a new dog or a pet or anything, it's an adjustment period. And I guess so, I wouldn't yeah, know. we are adjusting and I've just been up uh, the last two days. So he's only been we only got him two days ago. So, yeah, uh, he's been getting up at uh, waking up for a little bit before 6 a.m. Oh, my God. And so I usually get up and take him out. And he's had a few accidents. He's had his accidents, yes. Ugh. So those are, I, you know, I actually don't get grossed out by it. I just clean it up and just move on. But it's, uh, it's you know. It, it's work. It's work, yeah. So, um, but he's really lovable. He loves being around us. And um, his name is Hamish. Which is uh, from something that you do not recall. Is from a show that Dennis and I watched, which we cannot remember. Okay. Uh, but, <laughs> so uh, memorable then. Uh, well, it was because he, the name, we chose the name because it was something that we both liked when we were just talking about this a few weeks ago. And uh, so we, I don't know, it just came up in conversation. Oh, we should just, it was a name that we could agree on. So that's sort of how it came about. And then we actually got him from an Amish family farm breeders. And so, yeah. Amish. Uh, so, Amish. Amish seemed even more appropriate. Uh, we did not know that at the time when we went there. So, before we got there. So, is uh, so he funny. is a little bit bigger than we realized. He's huge. Yes. He's uh, 14 weeks and he is 20 pounds. Yeah, he's pretty big. How so, much bigger is he yeah. get? Yeah, he's going to be a big dog, like 50 pounds. Probably. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. That's a so, big dog. Which is about 20 that more is, pounds. That is a person. 
Yeah, it's about 20 pounds more than what I wanted. I wanted, you know, 25. I thought you wanted pounds. a bigger dog and Dennis wanted a smaller dog. No, uh, the other way around. I wanted a smaller uh, dog. Oh, okay. But Dennis's definition of a bigger dog was like 30 pounds. And then we took him. So it all actually, it all really worked out. So we got to the farm. We picked out the dog. There were three boys left in the, the litter. And mm-hmm. we picked out Hamish and... Uh, Why did you pick him out of the three? He, the other two were sort of, they were playing with us, but they were bite, you know, they were already biting and whatnot. Oh, that's annoying. Um, and he is sort of quiet, but when he'd, he'd come over to you, he'd actually sit. And the other two dogs would kind of jump over him. So Dennis liked him at first and said, what about him? And I said, was playing so with you, all So you of wanted them. the calm one? Yeah, so he seems, yeah, he's, he's a little bit more calm probably, but he's starting to liven up as he gets acclimated. I mean... He's gone from country bumpkin to city dog. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, oh, it's God. a it's a transition. Uh, but uh, yeah, and right now because he's only fourteen weeks, he's stuck in the house slash in our backyard. So until he gets his shots all caught up, which hopefully we'll be able to do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can start training him on how to walk, which will be interesting uh so yeah it's um it's fraught with challenges uh but it's it's great to have a dog uh he's yeah i know i I can't do it well it's a lot of work i mean unfortunately there are two of us but you know on the days that dennis is working it's mostly me so yeah absolutely not uh so it's a lot of work but um but yeah he's he's awesome he's adorable you can see pictures of him over on my Instagram. This is Mike's world. And uh, yeah. Worth it, I guess. Yes, worth it. It will be. I, I don't regret it. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't regret it. So yeah. uh, no, it'll get better. It will get better. And I think because he's a calm dog, he'll, you know, as he gets older, he'll be even more chill and, mm-hmm. you know, once we trained him not to bite things and chew things and oh my god all that stuff so yeah it's uh, sounds it's like a, a sounds like a, a nightmare it's a process it's not a nightmare it's a process so uh, you know yeah so our lives are a little bit more chaotic and i'm a little bit more tired than normal right uh, well but, uh, congratulations on your dog thank you thanks so as we were talking about earlier, or before we started recording, your fish are still in quarantine. We've not heard about the fish in a really long time. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Dennis and I were like, does he even have fish anymore? And I was like, well, I don't think so because he hasn't brought them up. And, you know, if he's done with them, he'll just flush them down the toolet and right. be done with it. So, right. right. Uh, there is no, <laughs> but uh, yeah. as, before we recorded, I you went over and checked out your anemone. Yeah, well, that's not a fish. It's a, an anemone is an anemone, and it's just a little bit displeased right now. I'm not quite sure why. So I was like, kind of expressing concern, but it's fine. And then yeah, how, so the, how does an anemone express displeasure? Yes, it kind of like just like uh, shrivels up a little bit. Ah. It, it's like. Um, it's just unexpanded. Uh, so I'm like, why is it 
yeah why is it kind of like unpleased i'm not sure i don't know it's like the water parameters i'm not sure if there's something irritating it there could be such like a variety of factors and just like whatever i don't fucking care all the fish it has eaten could have been upsetting its biome i mean it hasn't had any fish to eat in a while so i don't know i'm like whatever it's like it's fine (laughs) it'll be fine when, my but, question is, when is the cat coming? When is the cat moving in? Ha! It's not happening. Especially after hearing about your dog. I'm like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Obviously, cats are very different, but I don't have I don't have a place for a litter box, I'm telling you. There's like no <laughs> space. There is so much room in your apartment. No, everything has its place. There's like yes. no... And, and litter boxes are like an eyesore. It's like, they're not pleasant to look at. And I'm all about the aesthetics. So I'm kind of like, where well, I'm going to put it. And then in my smell, I'm like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I can't deal with this shit. So there we go. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Um, so yeah, Mike, why don't we first start with what we've been star tracking this week, Sash, in the last couple of weeks. And you people, you're all astronauts on some kind of Star Trek. Um, so yeah, Mike, do you want to start first? What have you been Star Trekking? Sure. I think the the big thing that I uh, read last week or Did listened you finish? to. I finished it, yeah. You finished it? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so All I right. finished book one of the Star Trek CODA series. Oh, wow. Uh, Moments Asunder, I think it's called. Correct. Or is that the next one? I forget. Uh, no, I think you're correct. Moments Asunder. Uh, so yeah, it was, uh, I think uh, we talked briefly about it before. It's, it's pretty epic. It's a destiny style epic, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it it was really good. Dayton Ward's, uh, an excellent author. I've talked a little bit about him before. Mm -hmm. So this is a great story. Um, yeah, there's some surprises already. Ooh, okay. I'm not Uh, there yet. Yeah, you're not. Uh, I think you'll know the surprise when you read it. Get there. Yeah, when you okay. get there. Uh, it's kind of shocking. Um, wow. And it's sort of take, yeah, it just, ha- I mean, first of all, anyone who reads this should know that there is a lot of death in this. Right. Uh, because they are. They're restarting the timelines. So yeah, like they're basically. Yeah, they're basically erasing the timeline to some extent. So uh yes so death is i would call it death is asunder because uh there's a lot of death happening um yeah so yeah but uh there's actually yeah there's a couple of things that will probably surprise you wow okay i'm excited um yeah i started reading it last week and then it got sidetracked because i've been playing a lot of pokemon Unite. Oh, really? It's really fun. Um, but I did start reading it. Um, it is good. There is, I feel a lot to, so you mentioned this in the last episode, but yes, there is a quick summary of all the major events that have led up to this point, but it's still a little bit what is happening because, you know, for example, Jean-Luc and Beverly are married. They have a right. son. Yes. I'm like, this is a little weird. Um, <laughs> at this point, I'm like, wait a minute. Isn't Jean-Luc like in his 80s? 
Like he's old at this point, and Beverly is no spring chicken either. And so I think he's in Picard. He's eighty, right? No, in know. Picard he's like a he's like almost a hundred. Is he? Yeah. Hmm. I don't. Know. I thought he was in his eighties. Anyway, um, no, because I think he is in his eighties because he's the same age as he is in real life. No, he's, it's it's not. I don't think you're correct. Hold on, I'm gonna look this up. You look this up. I will talk a little bit about this. So, um, so the the novel takes place in twenty three eighty seven. So it's thirteen years before, twelve years before Picard. So he was born, per memory alpha, in twenty three oh five. So by the time we meet him in Picard, he's ninety five. Okay. All right. Well, in this, he is uh, like eighty eighty two. Yeah, early eighties. But again, you know. People are living to be much older in that time. Beverly is like, again, I was, I was just like, damn, it's just like old to be par- old to be like pretty new parents. Beverly is 2324. So, okay, not, not, she's in her, she's in her like 60s. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, but again, you know, you have to remember that life is different in the 24th century, 25th, almost. Right. 25th it's century. like, it's like people 60 are... is a new 30. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people are very active into their, you know, there is a character from the Deep Space Nine novels, right? Vaughn, I think his name is, or uh, maybe I'm saying Vaughn because of Ooh. Alias, but um, who's this? He's a, he's a commander that comes on board uh, Deep Space Nine after as part of the relaunch oh i see yeah um and he actually commands the defiant in some oh, of the books so uh but he is in his over 100 i believe or something like that 120 or i i don't actually remember but it's been a long time so uh elliot vaughn i think is his name um or elias vaughn maybe sorry it's been it's been a long time since i've read the deep space nine uh relaunch novels but so yeah so people are living a lot longer in in that time frame so i i don't think that we should get caught up with age um you know looking at you know looking at you know patrick stewart himself he's a very active 80 year old you know Uh, and william shatner is a very active 90 year old and is you know so that active i mean it's fairly active to me but what i've so anyway, uh, yeah. So there is that that piece. You know, he was married to Beverly in this timeline, and yeah. they do have a son uh-huh. uh, who's named Renee, but also has Jack in there. And yeah, it's a yeah. whole mess of names. Yes, it's a whole long list of names. So yeah, so there's that. Um, yeah. So I don't want to say too much, but you can't. No, you no, can. don't say too much. Yeah, it's um, epic and it's uh, definitely worth the read. And I am I am hotly anticipating the next book, which comes out uh, at the end of October, uh, you know, and oh, that's soon. yeah, at the end of yeah, it's they're coming out once a month at the end of the month. Oh, wow. So whatever the last Tuesday of each month is, that's when they're coming out. And um, so we've still got a couple weeks before the next one. But uh, yeah, it's epic. Uh, a la Destiny, I believe I feel like it's. Mm-hmm. a lot like destiny in that sort of epic way right uh, where it's and, like you have uh, a lot of things going on and they're weaving together all the different franchises yes it's like yep. a lot 
Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the first book's excellent. Dayton Moore did a excellent, excellent job with it. Uh, I did not feel lost because I've not watched, I've not read uh, yeah. a lot of the novels. I've read some of them, but not a lot of them. So, right, right. right. Um, so I didn't feel lost really. Um, you know, they do. He does a good job of explaining things. So, yeah. Uh, so I definitely highly recommend he it. He does recap. Like, yeah, I, I've noticed recaps. what you mentioned last week, which is like there's a brick recap, like yeah. weaved into the exposition. Yes. So I was like, OK, throughout the book, helpful. not just right. at the beginning. So at the right, beginning, right. Do, I'm like, OK, this is helpful. Thank you. Yeah, I yeah. need this. Yeah. So he does. He does so. put that exposition in throughout the story. So. Right. Uh, so you kind of can keep up. So I thought it was great. And uh, yeah, I highly recommend everybody read it. Uh, pick it up in either paperback or um, audiobook book or audiobook. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's basically all I've uh, trying to think, you know, other than watching Lower Decks. Uh, yeah, that's I'm it for me really... too. It's just, yeah, Coda and Lower Decks. And that's that's it. Yeah. I uh, think there are any announcements really um, that we've seen, but I don't, nothing comes to mind. No, we're a few yeah, weeks away from Prodigy. We're, yeah. a couple, we're, we're, we're actually one week away from the season finale of. Yeah, of, it's, uh, it's all coming up very soon. And yeah. then next month we have Discovery and then it's New Year's and then I'll be 40 and then. We'll see what happens. Dead, we'll... right? And then and important. then I'll be eventually dead. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is correct. So yeah. So that's all I've really had time to do. Uh but yeah. uh it's yeah. yeah. It was, it's well worth it and I highly recommend people pick it up. Cool. All right. Well, I guess that does it for what we've been star tracking, because again, I haven't done much else either. Um for my Star Trek time. So why don't we get into this week's Lower Deck Lower Decks episode? I excretus. Uh, Mariner, I really need to get out of here, like now. Ooh, <laughs> kind of tickles. A remarkable creature. Your design very nearly passes as human. I am human. Oh, well. Then you need to drink more water. Your skin is a mess. But still, I think I should add your biological distinctiveness to our own. It's kind of our thing. Are, are you sure? Because I've got hay fever and acid reflux. Adding me might result in a net negative for the collective. Yeah, so uh, the title, I didn't I didn't really get it the first go around, and I paid attention the second time I watched it, and I, I get it now. Uh, yeah, it's, it was kind of... It, it doesn't mean anything, and it's literally just based on one line yeah so, exactly whatever. yeah um but uh yeah why don't you start off why don't you tell me what what did you think of i excretus yeah i really liked this episode i thought it was really strong i thought that they you know I'm, i think the thing that i liked most about this episode is that it was one cohesive narrative that included all our characters. I think that whenever, and I would compare this to season one's Veritas because it was like one, just one narrative through a line that everyone took part in. And you had like some, mon like almost like montage moments 
but it was still all tied together. And I really like that. I, I feel like that's been something that we, and we've talked about this in other episode reviews, but sometimes I get, we get bogged down with like too many storylines, you know, A, B, C. And then retreads, you know, right? Like, like, yeah. And sometimes retreading similar plot lines and stuff. Yeah. But I thought that this was um, it, this this was a great episode in that it just did a really great job of having all our characters kind of centralized into one plot. So again, we had these little small tangents, but I thought that it was great. Um, and I, it was funny. It was like well edited. It was like um, it was fast. There were you know quick cuts, quick moments, and I actually yeah, there were a few mo- moments where I really laughed out loud and I did not expect Alice Kriege however you say her name she, that Alice was a Krieg, pleasant yeah. surprise I didn't even like I was like because you know like I um when when the board queen appeared and she has such a distinctive voice I was like wait is, is that her um she has a very distinctive way of talking that I was like, wait, this sounds so familiar. Is it her? And yeah, it was. It was great. She, you know, she she had a guest spot. So I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I was really, I was really happy that they got her to do that. I mean, I recognized that voice right away. Right. I was like, uh, what? That was kind of smooth, great. husky, sensual, yeah. like devious, all in the same breath. Yes. Uh, I mean, yes. But it's so, a deeper, yeah. it's not a higher pitched voice it's like a sort of a lower deeper right um freaky but, but not I mean, as much as um christian uh, slash avasarala who sounds like she smokes 80 packs of cigarettes a yes day. yeah no yeah. not not that deep but definitely <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's another level that's that a is little, another that, level yeah, and another i level. love i love her voice her voice too though. yeah she has a great um, voice as well but um no but i thought this was yeah this is great um yeah. What did you think? What were some of your favorite moments? Yeah, I think that so far, this is probably my favorite episode of the season. Uh, it really ticked off a lot of things for me. Uh, one, I, I liked, I liked your, just like you, I liked the one cohesive storyline. Mm-hmm. I liked how it brought the crew together. So the lower decks with the upper decks. Uh, I loved... I loved Boimler in this episode. I mean, mm-hmm. I just, uh, yeah, for for me, Boimler is really strengthening his character. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been like a slow progression, but it's sort of stepping up. You, if you notice over the last couple of episodes, he's getting accolades from like Ransom right. and- Yeah, and you mentioned this in the last episode. I feel he needs to get promoted soon. You know, yeah, like, I because, think so. yeah, because Freeman was like, yeah, he's one of our best. And I was like, yeah. and then Mariner was like, he is. And I was like, yeah, no, he's very competent, yeah. you know. Yeah, he's getting recognized. And uh, so I thought this was a great uh, and and yes, he, he gets recognized at the end by the captain and everyone. But I also think that even on his own in this this story, just the way that he kept on going, like hit me like kept on like even even when it only went up a percent he kept on doing it like he was gonna get a perfect score right yeah uh and uh and then he had to give it all up uh he got to 100 percent, and then 
had to give it up to save the crew but uh yeah there were you know yeah i i think his storyline in this was my favorite and i love the growth and development of him and uh yeah i think that remark about to mariner that he's one of or that she says that shocks mariner is that he's one of the best that i don't know i'm foreseeing uh possibly some changes for him next season you know maybe uh, maybe becoming again a yeah but i think i think it's earned like this time it's earned right this time it's not he earned like, it in season one didn't he his i don't promotion? know i don't know if he i mean earned i i think he's worked then if he if he earned it in season one i think he's worked for it in see this season uh you know he's definitely stepped it up against mariner uh he's he's just he's growing and i i love it mm-hmm. uh yeah no i agree so i i think uh i think out of all the characters you're seeing the the most uh most growth from this from him as a lower decker than anyone mm-hmm. else mariner's sort of playing it the same uh tendy is still trying to get, get in the good graces of dr Tiana mm-hmm. uh, and Rutherford's just kind of I don't know he's almost kind of static he's kind of like still yeah, I wouldn't say he's coasting but he's comfortable where he is yeah I feel like he's yeah but I feel like he is coasting to some extent you think so uh, a little bit I think that um, he's still like we still see a part of like we still see him his like passion for engineering Yes, you know. definitely. He has a passion for engineering. No doubt about it. I, I just think that he's sort of, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I mean, I get it. You know, he had to lose the, his memories and everything, but I also think he lost something of himself in that process too. Really? Yeah. I think that, you know, he, you know, if it, maybe his confidence a little bit, his just, uh, you know, I feel like he's been, he acts like he's been playing catch up, mm. you know, trying to, trying to rebuild memories but you know i don't know i just feel like he's really coasting i love the character don't get me wrong i love rutherford uh, i love the buddy buddy with him and boimler i um i love uh i love his his engineering prowess and just you know how he likes to do things but i i really think and i love i love uh ernie cadero right who plays him who does his voice um I think he's great too. So, uh, I think I said on told you on Star Trek Day. I have a little bit of a crush on him. I yes, think he's that. Yes, I recall. He's that good. Um, so yeah, I think uh, you know for the most part he's coasting. So it's it's and so you know I really see Brad like on this upward trajectory, and right. uh, you know I think yeah I, I was I agree with you. I don't think. Um... Again, I think Mariner is a different story, but I do. I, I don't think that either Tendi or Rutherford are particularly ambitious. Tendi does. I feel ten, Tendi is more one to. She's getting over her own insecurities, and she wants to be more vocal. Like she's like, I feel she's like trying to. Like we've seen that. Like she's trying to improve herself and be more recognized, but I don't necessarily think it's because she wants to get promoted. It's because she's trying to learn to be more assertive and trying to overcome her inhibitions, right? Rutherford 
is just kind of this like happy-go-lucky. I don't know if he's, a, you know, because I can relate to that in a certain extent where, you know, I like to, sometimes I like to just focus on my work and part of me, and I had to learn to be more assertive in terms of being recognized, but I used to be, at a certain point in my career, I used to kind of just focus on my work and do it well and expect that if I am doing it well, that people will see it and I will get promoted, you know, versus someone like Boimler, who he, we see this in the next episode, he's like, oh, I got a network, you know, I got to like, you know, spend time with certain people. Uh, We've seen this in the past as well, when he was hanging out with the red shirts, you know, it's he, he's more the type where he's not only trying to do his job well, but he also feels like he needs to make certain connections and he needs to be with the right people um, where he, he is ambitious, you know, but I don't, I don't see that from Tendi and, and Rutherford um, in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a good way of putting it. So I, I do. I also, so there's just so much about this episode to love though. I mean, Mm-hmm. You know, Mariner goes through three or four different simulations. Oh, that was really funny. Uh, so, you know, even her, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of shocked that she failed all of them. You know, I thought that there would be one where she would sort of, you know, figure it out. But then, you know, you learn later on that it was all kind of a setup anyway. Right, right. Um, so we really don't know how... Um, how she would have done had except it for the horses the horses was that was just her not doing well the horses yeah that's right else, yeah that's right apparently yeah. everything else was kind of yeah it, it was kind of rigged yeah yeah so there's that uh, i did really love i loved the rutherford star trek 2 uh yeah the needs okay. of the many uh exercise yeah and then seeing the the ship blow up that was really great um, you know, Tendi's experience was just all kind of uh um, it was is from um it's from next generation, but yeah, uh, uh but I felt like that that scene what, that no, whole scene, no, wasn't even the episode. <laughs> Ethics. There we go. Okay. Ethics. Uh you know, I think that that whole scene was done for complete humor, really. Oh yeah. Um so yeah, I think, and then seeing the upper deckers, the command crew, having to stack crates and not do anything and not be able to help, and yeah. uh, I thought it, you know, I loved, uh, I loved Rutherford, Tendi, and Mariner having lunch in the captain's ready room <laughs> with all the food, and uh, yeah, it was just seeing the 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 command crew sleeping in the lower decks. I mean, it was just, it was so filled with so many great scenes that, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I, I didn't, I don't know the Pendronian. Yeah. Sherry, I, Sherry, again, whatever. I never, I've never seen uh, the animated series, so yeah. it's completely unfamiliar to me. Yeah. So, you know, I've never watched the complete series of the animated series. So, uh, you know, that was kind of, you know, the, uh, the villain of the episode, so to right. speak. Uh, but I also really liked how Mariner and Freeman came together and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so there was that, that, that piece. And, uh, yeah, there's just, you know, I, I really, there's nothing I, that I can think of in this episode that I really didn't like. Like, I just enjoyed it from start to finish. 
And I, oh, I love the teaser when they were like on the satellite and then they were like, oh, yeah. The and then they got that. left behind. Yeah. And then great. they got picked up. And then there was this six is six hours this later. Is, Six hours later, they get they get picked up, and then it goes to the to the opening credits, and then it comes back, and they're still in sick bay, right? And they're actually fighting with the command crew about this, which yeah, I thought was really great. Yeah, because sometimes see. the teasers are completely disconnected from the episode, right? And so I thought was, this was great. Yeah, um, it was a great setup, and the Pendronian totally brings it back because she's like, uh, "You literally left four ensigns behind." Yeah, exactly. You know, on an away mission. And just forgot about them and there is a certain truth to what she was saying where this crew is very much not the best they're not you know they're just not they're not the best um they're literally they are a crew where the entire senior staff forgot that they had four ensigns on some sort of mission so i thought that that was a very good point but then freeman's point was that Yes, we're not the best, but that doesn't mean that we don't know our shit, you know? So, right, yeah. That we don't know how to, like, handle situations or things like that, so. Yeah, and, you know, the the end of the episode, um, it was mainly, you know, the Ensigns and Captain Freeman on the bridge. Right. Um, oh, yeah, I love the um, the search for Spock. <laughs> the, oh, the, well, that's, the, that's the part host. of their scenario, right? But I'm yeah, talking that, about that, after... Yeah. When you know having Rutherford at that, uh, the con real. and yeah. uh, Tendi at um, ops, I love the graphic where it was them escaping from space dock. Yes, and yes, they yeah, didn't even yeah. make it out of space dock. They couldn't. That was, yeah. that was perfect. I was like, yeah. this is literally this crew. They can't even make it out of space dock. Yeah, no, that like, that was actually another great scene. Yeah, I mean. There's yeah, I I this is an episode I will definitely go back and watch again and again just because it's so enjoyable. Uh yeah, it's just it's just all this this for me is the best episode of season two so far. Oh yeah, no, it was it was really good. Yeah. Uh I have not no complaints about it. You know, I've 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 listened to some other people say, uh, oh, it was a filler episode, uh, it was kind of blah. I didn't think so. I heard I didn't, that too. So I, didn't I didn't feel that. I thought that it was I thought that it progressed their overall the overall relationships between yeah. the senior staff and low deckers. Um and yeah, we, we see definitely some character evolution with Boimler in particular. Um and honestly, this is and we've discussed this too. This is the type of episode that I prefer where you have a lot of callbacks and Easter eggs, but it's more kind of lived in versus like, oh, it's just, you know, something in the background. They actually like go through it and i i that's those are kind of easter eggs that i enjoy where you know exactly what the reference is that they're going after yeah absolutely yeah i think it was uh yeah it was all used really well Uh, yeah by far my favorite yeah my favorite episode this season and we get a lot of even crystalline entity in this episode that was yeah (laughs) yeah we get some some random stuff about yeah like that and the the black hole and how they could just pull out of it and they're just they're fine yeah they're fine so you know I, I think yeah they may not be the best crew in the the fleet but they're not they're they're a good crew and they and they look out for each other so i think that's uh that's part of it they're coming to, what i'm really enjoying is that they're coming together as a crew yeah like we've seen 
you know, we've seen some mingling between the command, a lot more mingling between the command crew and the lower deckers. And I think that's great. I think it's becoming more of an ensemble cast or a, like a, a very typical next generation, you know, mm -hmm. uh, a crew. So type crew. And, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the way that this is progressing as a mm -hmm. season. And so I didn't feel like this was filler at all. And also, you know what the thing is, uh, you know, the arc of the the season, I don't you know, I don't this isn't necessarily a show that I think has a complete arc. Yeah, we have the pack leads, right. uh that's sort of this overarching like villain or, you know, causing trouble in their sector or whatever. But mm -hmm. for the most part, you know, the, these are really just just like next generation. They're episodic in nature. You don't. Yeah, you know, out of a 10, 10 episode season, maybe you might think this is filler, but I, I don't think this is. Yeah, I, that's I, assuming that yeah, you I'm think that the that. 10 episodes is a complete arc. And, you know, it, rather than an arc, I just see this as a, a progression. And, and I haven't really enjoyed this is the first episode where I've enjoyed it start to finish. But, um, you know, there, I really feel like there have been some hits and misses in this season. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I feel like we're coming up to some, you know, some hopefully these last three episodes are, you mm -hmm. know, payoff for the whole season, but also just brings what I feel like lower decks can be and can become. Like, I yeah, almost feel I, like I, I, I almost feel, I, yeah, I, I almost feel like this is their first season of, you know, like if you know how everyone's first season kind of sucks or whatever. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is their second season is actually feeling more like they're like a typical Star Trek first season. I mean, it's usually worse, <laughs> but I mean, this, this, there were definitely miss hits and misses in the season, but say if I compared it to TNG season one, I'm like, I thought this is, this is better. So, um, but no, I, I, I agree with you. Um, I I just I wouldn't mind honestly if every episode was like this. Um, I think I think I think that that would be awesome if they didn't try to um, honestly try to cover so much uh, and try so hard to kind of give everyone dispersed storylines and things like that. But yeah, I mean, I could I could definitely use more episodes like this. So I thought it was great. Awesome. Cool. All right. Um, I think that does it for this episode. Um, so we only have two episodes left. We already watched episode nine, but we're going to talk about it next week. Right. Yes. Uh, so everyone will just have to wait until we do that. Uh, in the meantime, Mike, did you want to talk a little bit about our sponsor? Yeah, absolutely. So as everyone I'm sure knows, Fansets is our exclusive sponsor of Deep Space Pride and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. And uh, we actually have a little contest. We, we have a couple of uh, Voyager DS9 magnetic deltas to give away from. Yeah. So uh, very exciting for those that like swag. Yeah. And these are nice. Uh, so at Star Trek, Las, not Star Trek Las Vegas, as I like to call it. <laughs> not, uh, not SCLV. <laughs> I picked up the magnetic ones of uh, the Picard Delta and the Discovery Season 3 Delta, which are awesome. They're both magnetic and they're awesome. And uh, 
So I, I have no doubt that these Voyager Deep Space Nine com badges are equally as awesome in quality and right. Um, in fact, this was the I think they wait. Where's your pin board? Is it still behind you? Oh no, I took it down for a. I had to do a zoom that I needed a clean background. Oh okay, I was like, where to go? Yeah, I forgot to put it back up. Um, but they're still they're just right over there to just oh, out okay. of the shot. Okay. So I needed a clean shot for this uh, this interview I did. Oh. Um. So yeah, so uh, so we're gonna run a little contest for the next week. Mm-hmm. So. And, you know, this is sort of a ripoff, a little bit of StarTrek.com, but we would like you to respond to our social post for this episode and tell us what your what simulation or slash drill you would like to be a part of. And it can be one of the ones that was covered in this episode of Lower Decks, or it can be another one. Uh, and if you want to freeze frame the beginning of the drill, um, scene you'll see up on the board there are a bunch of different scenarios uh that they were offered so oh you mean in the in this then the actual in the episode. episode yeah okay. so but we'd love to hear from our listeners as to which one and we will randomly pick two uh two people from that respond to that on our social media that live in the u.s that live in the U.S. So yes, we do need uh, you to live in the U.S. for yes. this contest. Uh, I'm sorry to all our international listeners, but sorry, um, sorry, not sorry. So yeah, so definitely reply to our Instagram and Twitter posts on this episode, and which will be coming out tomorrow, Friday, uh, October eighth, and we'll Correct. run until next. Thursday night at midnight Eastern time, which is what, uh, October 14th. There we go. At 11.59 p.m. So do that and we'll pick two people who will win a win one each of a DS9 Voyager magnetic com badge pin from Fansets. And we thank Fansets for this free swag to give away and uh we thank them for sponsoring our podcast and the truck geeks podcast network thanks Vansa. cool all right sounds good um another episode in the can uh for those of you that want to reach out or you want to enter our contest you can reach us on social media on twitter and instagram at deep space pride or you can email us at dspacepride at gmail.com and we will do our best to respond to you. Otherwise, that's it. That's it. Now cool. we have two episodes left of Lower Decks and then I think we have a week off before. One week off that we're going to have to decide what to do about and then we get into Prodigy. So Yeah, so if you want to email us some ideas about what we could do for the off week of um because it will be an off week we won't have yeah. well hopefully you'll finish coda and we can talk a little bit about that oh, that's right yeah we can do that uh but uh we won't have coda book two until the following week so yeah cool all right sounds good well we will talk to everyone soon and thanks mike for 
being here and talking with me about Star Trek. Always, always happy to talk a lot about Star Trek. And uh, yeah, thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you again next week. Bye everyone. Deep Space Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.